Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, an opportunity for us to worship you in giving. And now as we look into your word, we ask that you will touch our minds, touch our hearts, and that your word will fall upon the good soil of our hearts, and that it will grow up and become a mighty oak. We thank you and honor you for this day, for it's a day that you have made and you have given us the ability to rejoice and to be glad in it, and that's what we're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are into a new, a new series. This, this series is called Help My Unbelief, and throughout this ser series we're going to be dealing with a word that we have all had to deal with, and that is doubt. I didn't say gout, because only some of us had to deal with gout. <laughs> I said doubt. And as it pertains to this, we're going to look at some characters in the Bible and look at how they handled situations of doubt. So in our first episode of this series, we're going to look at someone that we have all heard of. He was actually a relative of Jesus. He was what we would consider today a little bit different. He would hang out in the countryside and he would tell people that they needed Jesus and they would come and get baptized in the River Jordan. So they began to call his name what he did. And so the man's name was John and so they called him John the Baptist. Now you would think because John the Baptist was uh, telling people that they needed the kingdom and that they needed to repent and that they needed to be baptized, that you would think that John wouldn't have any doubt. But we will see today, John had some doubt. And so today we're going to look at John the Baptist and how he handled his doubt. And so the subtitle today is going to be the journey. And we're going to get into that right now. So just like John the Baptist, everyone goes through seasons of doubt. But if we look at it properly and appropriately, we will realize that doubt, what it does is provides us opportunity to become more secure in who we are in Jesus. So this means that our doubt should become the catalyst or the starting point to which we pursue and understand Jesus even more. And so, again, our episode today is the journey. And our definitions for today are, the first definition is help. Help means to aid, to assist, to lend strength, or means toward effecting a purpose. Doubt. Doubt is to waver or fluctuate in opinion, to hesitate, 
to be in suspense, to be in uncertainty, to be uh, respecting the truth or fact, uncertainty and respecting the truth or fact, to be undermined, undetermined, I'm sorry, undetermined. The last definition for today is journey. Journey is a passage from one place to another. Matthew, the 11th chapter, starting at the second verse, the English Standard Version, says this. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it falls upon the good soil of our hearts. In Jesus' name. So we have John the Baptist, who again was a great and mighty example of the prophets. He was compared to the prophet Elijah. He went around declaring to people that you need Jesus, I mean you need to repent for the kingdom of heaven is coming around the corner. In another portion of scripture, it talks about how Jesus came to John and validated his ministry. Now, let's even go back a little further. Before John even came to being, when his mother was carrying him in her womb, when Mary, Jesus' mother, went to visit his mother Elizabeth, the Bible says that when she got in Elizabeth's presence, that John leaped in her belly because he knew that he was in the presence of the Son of God. And so these cousins were doing the will of God. And when Jesus showed up to interact with John, John said, listen, I'm not even worthy to tie up your shoes. But Jesus said, we have to do this, that all righteousness, all that God has declared, can be fulfilled. And so he baptized him. And when he baptized him, the Bible says that there was a voice from heaven and a figure that looked like a dove came and rested upon Jesus and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And we see how these two lives interacted and crossed over one with another. Well, John was a preacher of righteousness, and the king at that time decided that he was going to marry his brother's sister. And John told him that that's not, let me help you out, they wasn't divorced, he just took the man's wife and made her his wife. And John said, you know you're wrong for that, and the wife really was upset with John for doing that. And so she talked the king into putting John in prison. And so John's in prison. And I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you didn't have nothing to do. But when you have nothing to do, a lot of times your thoughts go off in directions that 
you never would have thought of before. And so I can think that John was sitting in that prison and wondering if what he was hearing about Jesus was really Jesus. Or was something happening that maybe he got caught up in what everybody else was doing and he felt as if maybe I missed it. Now, I know today, us Christians today, we don't miss it. We hear God every time, and we jump into what God tells us to do every time, and we walk according to what God tells us to do every time because we've seen the example of the people in the Bible, and we don't be like the people in the Bible because we're smarter than them. We know better than them. We, we, we are able to look at them and see how they messed up. And we can talk about them because we're not like them people. If I'm talking about you, just look straight ahead. Nobody know that I'm talking about you. But there have been many situations in our lives where doubt shows up. Today we have doubt in the government. We have doubt in family. We have doubt in friends. And most Particularly, we have doubt in ourselves. But one of the biggest struggles that we have is when we doubt what God is saying. And sometimes we don't know what to do with these feelings of spiritual dissonance, meaning that we know it's not supposed to be, but that does not take away from the fact that it is. Sometimes we say that, okay, I know it's not supposed to be like that, and I'm not supposed to think about that, but what do we do when we do think about that? What do we do when we're in that type of situation? So sometimes we don't know what to do with the feelings of uh, spiritual dissonance and deep intellectual questions. So is doubt the same as not believing in God? Will doubt stop God from listening to my prayers? Can doubt, can I, can I take these questions that I have, these doubts that I have, can I take them from, to God? Now, I'm going to tell you from the atmosphere that I grew up in, in the church, if you was doubting, something was wrong with you. You had to trust the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. And if you didn't, walk like that, then something was wrong with you. And you didn't want to say nothing because you wanted to be like everybody else. Everybody else looked like they was walking in the Lord and everything was well with them and doubt is just something that's just messing with me. But however, I discovered that them folks were lying. <laughs> them folks was deceitful and deceiving. They were, they, I don't mean intentionally, but it's just because of the way it was presented. See, God, don't, God ain't scared of your doubt. Y'all ain't catch that. God ain't scared of your doubt. You scared of your doubt of God. Y'all catch that right before you close your eyes to sleep tonight. Because sometimes we try to transfer our fear onto something else in order for us to justify why we're not executing something. There's people even in here today, even people watching us online, that God has given you an idea. He has given you a dream. He has revealed to you some things that you can do in order to not only better yourself, but affect 
everyone around you. But you sitting up there letting doubt cause you not to do it. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the resources. I you find everything, every reason for you not to do something, but you know that it's God talking to you. Look straight ahead. Well, nobody know I'm talking about you if I'm talking about you. Because we got to get our minds in the right perspective. God knows we have doubt. God knows we have questions. God says, I'm available to answer. He told you in James, he says, if you need wisdom, ask of me. I will provide it to you without hesitation, without any shadow of turning. I will give you the wisdom that you need. But we talk ourselves out of asking God for wisdom. Because now God's going to think I'm a dummy because i got to ask him. We look for reasons for shooting down our ability to grow into what God has designated for us. He has created us knowing that we would have questions and he has the answers. I'm going to go down this alley just for a minute. Sometimes we, what we will do is when we doubt God, we think we're so wrong that we will then begin to self-sabotage so that we can disqualify ourselves from asking the question of doubt because you say, well, because I've done this, I can't even approach God anymore. I have met a lot of people when I, when I was out doing street ministry, and they would tell me something like, God can't accept me because I'm smoking. God can't accept me because I'm drinking. God can't accept me because I'm doing this. God can't accept me because I'm doing that. God, they, you know, my toenails are too long. My, my, my ears are too big. They, they, whatever excuse that they would bring up, they would say, God can't accept me because. So they doubt that, God, that they're acceptable to God. But God says, come as you are. Come with all the baggage. Come with all the pain. Come with all, come with all the cigarettes. Come with all the alcohol. Come with all the, 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 the narcotics. Come with all the sleeping around. Come with all, bring it all on. I got an answer for it. But we allow doubt to block us from getting a greater relationship with God because we think that doubt is, called, is showing our shortcomings. Listen. Listen. We all know that you're not as all that you think that you are. We already know that, okay? Now, what you think that everybody else thinks that you are means nothing. And if we would focus on locking into who God is and for us, I think it would remove a lot of the weight that we're putting on ourselves saying, I wonder what Jake is going to say about me. I wonder what Joe is going to say about me. I wonder what do it matter? What does it matter? Because when you have the creator of the universe on your side, you are in the majority. So now we got John, he's sitting in there, he's in the jail, and he's sitting there, and he's like, you know what, I ain't too sure if that really is Jesus. Now, 
John was the announcer. John was the hype man for Jesus, if y'all allow me to use an analogy. One of my favorite hype men of all time, his name is Boudini. And if anybody knows about Boudini, Boudini was the hype man for one of the greatest boxers that ever lived, Muhammad Ali. Boudin, all he did was just talk about how good the greatest was. Now, you already got a person that feels they're the greatest, but when you got somebody telling you you're the greatest, why you saying you're the greatest, guess what that make you do? Talk about it even more. And so he was this hype man. He helped Muhammad Ali to even go, when Muhammad Ali was feeling down, he said, you're the greatest. And he, Muhammad Ali, I'm the greatest. You see what I'm saying? So John was the hype man for Jesus. He said, somebody's coming and you got to get ready. Somebody's coming and you need to repent. Somebody's coming. And then he says, here he is. But John got himself in a dark situation where he was locked up in prison and he said, is he? Is he? Can you imagine how your mind starts playing tricks on you and saying, you did all this work and you talked about all this kingdom, but what if you supported the wrong person? What if, you, what if he really wasn't? And so he had to send out his disciples, his followers to say, Jesus, is you Jesus? Are you the one? Now, I want to point out, just like the way Jesus did John's disciples is the same way that he works with us. He didn't say yes per se. He said, look. He says, what do you see? He said, I want you to go back and tell John what you've seen and what you heard. I want you to go tell him that the lame are now walking, that the lepers are now cleansed, that the, uh, the, the, the uh, people that are needing uh, 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 the ability to be in a different state are changed, and that, the, hear, that they're hearing the good news, and that no one is being offended because they're being blessed by me. So Jesus didn't say... John, why are you doubting? He said, I want to take that position that you're in in your doubt and show you how that is actually drawing you closer to the Father. Now, I ain't going to ask you this, but I'm going to say this. I ain't going to ask you, so don't answer. Because we're recording and I don't want you to get no whooping, even though you've grown. Now, how many of us, when we ask questions, we was told, because I said so. Don't raise your hand. Don't. Just look straight ahead. How many of y'all got the because I said so? Or, don't ask me that again. Or, get smacked upside the head for asking the question, right? Okay. Uh, okay. So. Because that is our experience, a lot of times our expectation when we get ready to go before God is that God's going to correct us. He's going to discipline us. He's going to say, because I said so, he's going to put you in a position 
that remind you of what you've gone through. But he says, no, I'm not, I'm not like that. You ask that question, you can't be a Christian no more. No, that's, that's not how God works. He takes you where you are and takes from where you are and shows you this is what my love really means. And so we have to understand that, that we can come to Jesus just as we are. You can bring that whole baggage of doubt, pain, suffering, addiction, whatever you got, you can bring it to him and he can handle it. He said that, he even says, he says, come on, come to me. If you're heavy laden and you're burdened, come to me and I will take your Burden, I will take whatever is holding you down and I will give you a lighter load if you accept me. Now I want to deal with doubt just for a moment, then we're going to call it a day. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to hold you long today, but y'all say something, I might go down this other alley. All right. Now y'all ain't going to say nothing the rest of the time. I got you. All right. But one, of the, one writer says he believes that there's three types of doubt. There's three types of doubt. We have an intellectual doubt. We have an emotional doubt and a moral doubt. The intellectual doubt is when our minds are unsure whether the teachings of Christianity are true. Emotional doubt is mostly associated with pain. It's when we don't feel like Christianity is true. And moral doubt usually happens when we're tempted to disbelieve Christianity because we don't want it to be true. Intellectual doubt. Moral doubt and emotional doubt. The emotional doubt to me is the one that is most severe because it has your emotions tied to it. There are many individuals that I have had the uh, pleasure of discussing different things with. But the one thing that seems to stand out the most is when their loved one left before they felt they should have left. And the emotion tied with that. I have heard it said many times. God let me down because I prayed for my loved one not to leave and they left. God let me down because I didn't want them to leave but they're gone. God is mean. God is unloving because he took my loved one. God doesn't love anybody because he did this to our family. He caused this to happen. And they have this emotion attached to it that goes deeper than what their mind can conceive. But guess what? God wants you to even bring that to him. God wants to have a discussion with you regarding 
that emotional pain. There are some people that say it doesn't make any sense to me that Christianity should be true. I ain't never met God, and science tells me that if I can't prove it, then it ain't true. And so they find these ways to doubt and take a stand based upon that. And then finally, morally, they say, I want this to be true. Now this is something that's very prevalent in our nation today. We have not just, I'm not just going to talk about folks that uh, are involved in same-sex relationships, but we have folks that are involved in uh, relationships outside of marriage that want to say it's okay because everybody else is doing it. So we had come up with all these ways to make our doubts so rational to us, but the key is, why don't you go and talk to God about it? God has established what we call the moral absolute. And because of that, we want to change that absolute. But how do you change an absolute if it's absolute? Y'all catch that later on. So as we look at what we're going to be going through over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at different characters and how they handled the doubt that they had, how they verbalized the doubt that they had. John sent some people to go ask. Go ask him. And Jesus said, well, you go tell him these are the results. But the thing I want us to remember is that we have these intellectual doubts. We have these moral doubts. We have these uh, emotional doubts. Because of something that we have experienced. But I'm telling you today that God wants to deal with your doubt. And I don't mean deal as you're going to get a whooping. Alright? He is going to walk you through it. He's going to walk with you through it. So that you get an understanding that he was with you all the time. i got to tell you now. There are some things that have happened in my life that I didn't want it to happen that way. There are some people that I have lost, some friends that I have lost that I did not want it to happen that way. But the one thing that I have always been sure of, that God's got everything under control. And because I don't see the big picture, the big scheme of things, doesn't mean that he loves me any less. Or that he's not for me. And that he has this whole thing already worked out. Just because I want to be selfish does not mean he don't know what he's doing. Oh, y'all going to have to catch that one later on. That one hit me in the back of the neck. Just because I want to be selfish don't mean he don't know what he's got going on. So I want to encourage us today to... Grab our doubts. Sit down with our doubts and talk to our doubts and tell our doubts 
We get ready to go talk to the Lord. And we get ready to find out the answers. Because there is a saying that ignorance is bliss. Not knowing is bliss means you're okay. But sometimes not knowing can get you hurt. Sometimes not knowing can cause you to get into a position whereby you are feeling hopeless. And of anything that I can do for you, I never want you to lose hope. I never want you to feel that God has abandoned you or is not concerned about everything that's concerning you. Because then I would not be doing what I'm supposed to do. Because I'm supposed to encourage you to do good works. I'm supposed to provoke you to righteousness. So take them doubts. Take them to the Lord. Then as you go on the journey of getting closer to God, you will be uh, solidified. You will be validated. You will be encouraged to continue on. So I, if I could close this out right now, I would say this. Ain't nothing wrong with doubt. When you take it to the Lord. But if you want to sit there, you in doubt, sit in that corner and have your little pity party, then, then I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not validating, I'm not approving of that. I'm, I'm telling you, God wants to work on your behalf and he wants you to bring your doubts with you. I don't know how many of us have sat there and said, well, Lord, once I take care of this, how are you taking care of something that's taking care of you? I don't know if y'all, this never happened to me, but um, have you ever said, you know what, I'm going to go take care of this? I'm talking about, you know, some guy, some, you know, some person tell them they're going to fight you, and so you say, okay, I'm going to take care of this person. And you go there and you just beat the tar out of them, right? You beat the tar out of them. And then they say, well, I'm going to go get my brother. And you say, what? I'm going to take care of him too. But they tell you they brother like 20 years older than them. And you getting, you sitting up there, you like, oh, oh, that's all right. I'm going to take care of you. You got all this. And then when they take care of you, you ain't feeling all that good any longer. But that's what doubt will do. Doubt will go find other things that will cause you to feel that you're not worthy of being able to talk to God about it. There's a song that just ran through my mind, and I'm going to finish today with this. It says, I'm going to take a little walk with Jesus. I'm going to just tell him all about my troubles. And he's going to hear my, my feeble cry. Humble cry. All right. And he's going to answer it. Now, he didn't say, I'm going to answer to me. He said, I'm going to answer it during the journey. As I walk with Jesus, the answers will come. As I go with Jesus, the answers will come. But the key is, I got to go with Jesus. So I just want to tell you this, that the journey begins when you Interact with Jesus. Now, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, it's hard for you to walk with someone you don't have a relationship with. So the first thing that we need to do is 
establish a relationship. Did you ever notice during a wedding that they walk down an aisle individually? Well, the guy's already standing there, but the, the wife or the bride walks down the aisle individually, but guess what they do? They lead together because they have come into an agreement. And Jesus is waiting for you to walk down and say, I can't do this by myself. Doubt is overwhelming me. Doubt is causing me not to walk in my full potential. And his desire is for you to come, agree with him, come in covenant with him, so that y'all can walk the rest of this journey together. And it's very simple. Almost like, a, almost like a wedding ceremony. All you have to do is believe. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, ain't that what you do during a wedding? You got to say them vows out loud. You, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. The Bible also says that who shall, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you come and you confess that you have a relationship with him. You make a declaration that you have a relationship with him and he will walk with you. He will be with you. He will help you through every situation, every doubt that comes your way. He will be there with you. I want you today to make that decision if you haven't made it yet. Because I believe that it will take you along the path that you need to go that will cause you to be in a better position than where you are now. I'm not telling you that everything is going to be easy and that everything is going to disappear, because it's not. But when you have hope, you're able to overcome every situation that you go through. So if you have made that decision today, I want you to do something for me. I want you to email us at Info at GodsHouseCC.com. Let us know that you accepted Jesus today because we want to provide you with information that will help you along this journey. I say this every Sunday. This is a team sport, not an individual one. We want to assist you to go along this journey. Info at GodsHouseCC.com. Let us know so that we can be an assistance to you. Well, friends and family, that is our first episode of our new series, Help My Unbelief. I hope something was said today that will cause you to draw closer to God so that you can have victory in every situation. Well, that's it. I ain't going to tell you what's happening next week because I want you to show up. So when you show up, you'll hear about episode number two. But I do want to tell you this. Until next week, God's blessings be upon you, in Jesus' name.